The Let's Talk podcast was inspired by the MISD's leadership and empowerment team, or LET for short. Our mission is to ensure that all students, regardless of race, culture, or gender, have an equitable learning environment so they can become the leaders they want to be. And now, here are your hosts, Daniel Norwood and Ted Madden. Welcome to another episode of the Let's Talk podcast. Today we visit with Emilio Duran, Mesquite ISD's Director, Personnel Services. First, we'll introduce ourselves. My name is Ted Madden. I'm a video producer for the school district, and I'm a 47-year-old white man. And I'm Daniel Norwood, the Social Studies Coordinator for the district and a leader on the LET Committee and a 38-year-old black man. And I'm Emilio Duran. I'm the Director of Personnel Services, and I'm a 45-year-old Latino. Well, tell us about yourself. Where'd you get, you know, you're at this point now, and uh-huh. uh, how did you get here? Well, the truth is I, I really never left. I'm, I'm from Mesquite, and uh, I was, was raised here, grew, grew up here, um, graduated from North Mesquite, went through middle school, elementary, and uh, really just um, just never really went anywhere. I knew that I wanted to be a teacher and a coach uh, most of my life. Um, I had very influential people in this district, and I can't even name them because it's so long, that list is so long, but... They really, really made me who I am um, as a as a leader and as a as a coach and as a teacher. Um, parents uh, still alive and they're both here. Uh, my dad is actually a lead custodian at Motley Elementary, mm-hmm. and uh, so we've just always been in the district. We've always been around education. Um, I'd like to. I used to say that I was a first year generation uh, college graduate, but that's not true anymore. Uh, my mom at 58 years old, let her kids go through college, and she got her bachelor's degree. So, oh, that's real cool. I can't, that's very cool. I can't say I'm the first generation yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. graduate. I'm pretty happy to not to say that anymore. Though. Yes, right, sir. Right. Uh, and both of my, uh, and she's she's older now, but you know, my I just can't say that I'm a first generation graduate. Mm-hmm. Both of my brothers are both educators. Uh, they were both here at one time in Mesquite ISD. We actually worked at Horn uh, together as teachers oh. and coaches. So that was a that was a fun time. Would you coach? I coach football and I coach soccer. So um, just growing up in Mesquite, you know, going to North Mesquite, mm-hmm. um, had so many influential people. My coaches, Coach Elam, uh, Coach Buddy Copeland in, in middle mm-hmm. school, um, they just really instilled that that passion of me wanting to be a coach and a teacher. I had some great teachers, Gabe Bennett, uh, Denise Brown. I mean, I can go on and on. Uh, Miss Middleton in middle school just really um, gave me that passion and that that vision to to be a, an educator in my life. There's that good quote about mm-hmm. coaches, right? They affect more young kids in one year than most adults will their entire lives. And like I said, I feel like, you know, I know we're going to go over questions, but I feel like I'm a direct product of that, and I feel a responsibility to keep that going in my role and in future generations to come. Um, I have very great things to say about the district. Um you know, it's just been, I'm just living the dream, really. That's really cool. You know, one thing, and, and I'm a Mesquite product also, uh, went through, went to McDonald Middle School and graduated from West Mesquite, uh, although half of my friends ended up going to North, and so we kind of we split we from split there. We split up back the same then. way, yep. and we were awesome at football in middle school, oh, man, and then we school. split up. Yep, that's exactly what happened <laughs> to us. We split up, and it was like, well, all right, it's a little different. Um and you talk about having affirming teachers, which I think is is so important to to acknowledge that, you know, for those of us who even grew up in Mesquite, you know, 
um, I know for me, having a fifth grade teacher, I always mention Miss Miss um, Watson, who's my fifth grade teacher, who actually said, you know, you'll be president one day. And I thought that's, you know, at the time, um, you know, I thought it, it was just really self-affirming. But at the same time, you know, for her to say that to me, a black student um, was, you know, like I said, it, that that probably wasn't in the realm of where people thought the president would be at that time. But it meant a lot to me um, as a student. And so you bring that up. And I think um, tell us a little bit about like what were some of those things that educators did to affirm you, uh, in you know when you were younger. It could be coaches or teachers. You know they always I, me growing up and being Hispanic. I mean, you know it was I was right around the change. I graduated in nineteen ninety four, so there was a big transition in you know demographics and and those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Um, however, for me, it was always I never felt that. I never felt like if you're not smart enough or if you're not talented enough, gifted enough athletically, that you were any different than anybody else. And that, mm. that was my experience. Now, I did see that, you know, I had certain things about me. I had some leadership qualities and those kinds of things. But it was always like we always talk about barriers and we always talk about things in your way. For me, they took that away. They mm. took that away from me mm-hmm. and they let me uh, thrive. Now, they would also push me and not put up with mediocre. They would also move me towards uh, better things, you know, not having the prerequisite for an AP course. It doesn't matter. You're taking it, you know, and just those kinds of things. Now, it wasn't all like that for everybody's experience growing up, but that was mine when I I went through school here. You were the first Latino principal in MISD. Yes, sir. Uh, I've gone way back. I've tried to search in, in, the, in the history books, and, and, and yes, sir, that was. That was a big thing, and uh, I've always said being Hispanic is, you know, who I am. It's not what I am, and, um, you know, getting to, I've had a whole many, I've had so many experiences with great leaders in this district. I mean, from teaching when I grew up, you know, came, came up as a first-year teacher mm-hmm. at Tysinger, then moving over to North Mesquite, where John Thompson and, and Susie Court were were principals. Court, and, yeah. and then we opened up Horn and Ronnie Pardon. I always felt like they were looking for me to do things and put me in places where I would be the most benefit. And I've always trusted that. I've never said, oh, I'm not getting this or I'm not doing that for, for any particular reason. So um, I went to Horn, finally coached there and, you know, mm-hmm. was doing doing the coaching thing. And then I decided to go into administration. And, uh, you know, I worked with some really good administration, Ronnie Pardon, Bruce Perkins. I mm-hmm. uh, worked with him. Um, Susie Court just had those people that really I really wanted to do something like that and make an impact on a bigger scale than just either in athletics or, you know, in the classroom. Um, so it was very um, – got my master's at uh, Texas A&M University Commerce. Um, it was right around the time where we had to get our master's within 10 years, and I was yeah, at year nine. And I was like, well, I got to make a decision here mm-hmm. and uh, really <laughs> rushed through my mm-hmm. master's, got it, and then uh, was hired by Keith Adams um, at West Mesquite to, as an assistant principal. Yeah. I was there for four years and then uh, got the call to move over to Vanston. And that's mm-hmm. my home. That's my place. That's that's yeah. my school. <laughs> and uh, that's, that's really uh, after that, then I came up to uh, central administration mm. and HR. And I know just from doing some of these interviews uh, in podcasts now, every every assistant principal we talk to, there's the transition from being a teacher to a campus administrator. And there's, 
you know, always the the feeling of losing something there, but also gaining impact. Right. But then, you know, also when you move from being a campus administrator to a district administrator, there's also another feeling of, well, man, I'm, I'm moving a, a, a step further away from the kids. Can you tell us a, a little bit about like how you as an, an administrator kind of stay motivated as you move up and, and, and do different roles? From my experience, when you start, you know, you start at the at the base. I started at elementary, so I worked with little little oh, wow. kids, fourth graders. I just think when you when you get to a certain point, you're still working with people. They're just older, and um, you know, I've I've got the opportunity in HR to to hire people to really look at and tell people my story and tell people what a great place this is to work. There's nothing better for me to see a person that that went to, through our system. You know, whether that's in Ready, Set, Teach or whether it's in, you know, just graduating and they want to teach. If you're from Mesquite, I want to talk to you first because we know you have that investment. Uh, you care about our kids. You know who we are as a, as a, as a group, as a, as a family. Um, so that's been my most exciting. Um, I've had the opportunity to mentor, uh, you know, young assistants. Be that voice but not be that voice that's the evaluator type person that, you know, I'm going to help you through some things. I'm going to, especially in HR, I'm going to keep you out of trouble. <laughs> um, but I can also help you on, on you know, one thing we say in HR, it's, it's not always what you say, it's how you say it. And that really means a lot. And you maintain dignity with people and people mess up all the time. And there's just a lot of things in that department that you can just go, man, I really love this place because we are about people first. We are about um taking those people and, and giving them the opportunity to treat them as pr- professionals, valuing them without, you know, without any strings attached really. Right. Uh, Cause everybody's here to work. Everybody's here to work for kids in my belief. Yeah. Um, they don't wake up and say, Hey, you know what? I really don't like kids today. Mm-hmm. We make mistakes. We, we live and we learn by those mistakes and we, and we get better. Mm-hmm. I want you to talk about your position because it, in any organization, I feel like, if you're going to build a great organization, you've got to hire the right people. That's number one. You get a lot of good people, you're going to have a good organization, you're going to have a good school district. So talk about that challenge and then the additional challenge recently of just not getting a lot of applicants uh, who want to teach. I think that's a big challenge for every uh, administrator. Our principals do have a lot of autonomy in vetting their people and um, you know hiring them and getting to know and those and getting to feel if they're right for their campuses and all. Uh, but we have a shortage. We really do have a shortage of, of teachers in our nation and even more so people of color, people, mm-hmm. you know, Hispanics, Latinos, um, mm-hmm. African-Americans. And the problem is, you know, in the secondary, I deal primarily with the secondary. So it's all high school, middle school things. You know, I'd like to see, and we have partnerships with universities and, and those kinds of things, mm-hmm. but I don't, I want to see more, um, uh, people of color that are math teachers and mm-hmm. science teachers. We know those ones that are really over flooded. You know, we have a lot of PE coaches, mm-hmm. a lot of health coaches. We have a lot of social, social studies, studies teachers yeah. Yeah. that are male and they're great. They're great, great teachers, great instructors. But, you know, things like dual credit and CTE and all those courses that, that really could use that, but they're not graduate. They're not graduating with uh, teaching degrees. Yep. They're not going into education, yep. and and that's that's been the hardest part. We're all vying for the same number of candidates, and even worse, male candidates mm-hmm. um, that are that are not coaches that are specifically going into education to teach those kinds of courses, upper level courses, dual credit, uh, yeah, all, all those things. 
That's so true. I, I know that's one of the things that as we've expanded our dual credit offerings, it's not the challenge of having the course. It's the challenge of finding the person who can teach it so that you can actually offer it. Uh, and that, yeah, that's I think that's consistent across the board, like you mentioned. Now, you mentioned that you you spent time at the elementary level. I remember you, you middle school principal advanced in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you've in, enlightened me today. You were at high school, you know, for a while with some some good ones. I, and I, I worked for Susie Court for a while, too, mm-hmm. um, as a teacher. She hired me. And can you talk a little bit about the differences of supporting teachers, students um, at all three different levels? Because that's a unique experience. There's not a lot of folks who can say they have all three uh, in that way. Well, I, I only spent one year at elementary, and that okay. was that was enough. Um, I was a bilingual <laughs> teacher, um, you know. Yeah. With, in elementary, my wife's an elementary school teacher. That's where we met my first year at Tysinger. You're always with them. You're always with the kids. You're mm-hmm. constantly teaching. I mean, there's not a break <laughs> one for for elementary teachers. Sounds like being a parent. <laughs> yeah, exactly what it does. is. And you know, I was a bilingual teacher, so I never studied so much um, in in trying to teach a lesson because yeah. I am bilingual. But what do I know about science and hydroponics and that in Spanish? I mean, mm-hmm. I I know I know how to say it now mm-hmm. because I've studied it. But it really takes a lot of preparation, a lot of time to be able to really deliver that lesson in both languages and say, hey, this is accurate and this is the correct way to to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was, and you know, I kind of walk with a lean now because the kids are always on your <laughs> on your you know shoulder or your They're on your arm. Pulling, yeah. Um, and then I was like, I got to go. I got to go coach. I want to be a coach. Mm-hmm. I want to I coach something. Well, I moved over to North Mesquite, and that was my alma mater. And I was there for one year, um, and I was just teaching Spanish. And I got to teach with my older brother that one year, and then we moved to Horn together. But mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. they opened up Horn in 2000. Um, Ronnie Pardon was my principal previously, mm-hmm. and he's like, come on over. Let's open up Horn. I want you to coach football, soccer. Mm-hmm. be a department head didn't even know that I was going to be a department head he's like I hey, guess what you that get to be the department happens. head and you know just got to kind of forced into that that leadership you know role mm-hmm. and uh in middle school it's it's it was my favorite place to be an administrator mm-hmm. uh to be a, a principal um I got to they're in constant transition um they're just getting out of elementary school so there's you know sixth seventh and eighth grade you get maybe one good year of seventh grade where they kind of are getting settled in. And this is the time where they're, they don't know who they are. They, they're, they're constantly changing. They're trying to figure out, figure out who they are. And then at the end, you're an eighth grader. Well, we're getting ready for, for uh, high school. And you better be ready for high school because guess what? We're not messing around. So, and I've been part of that. And when I get to high school, now it's, you know, what, do you, what are you aspiring to do? What do you want to do? How can I help you get? What are you missing in, in those aspects. Um, one thing I'm very proud of at uh, Vanston is really looking at, I'm a very systemic person. I'm a mm-hmm. systems person or a program person. And I want to look and I want to find the things that that really put barriers and really put things and the most minute things. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's talk about AP and GT. A lot of that time was, um, a lot of the selection was recommendation by your by your, mm-hmm. by your teachers. Well, who are we recommending and why are we recommending? What's the first question we ask? Are there any discipline problems? Well, we know that in in the mm-hmm. world right now, I mean, in just reality is that people of color, African-Americans, Latinos, they go to the office more, you know, mm-hmm. grade-wise, opportunity-wise. So that's that first question where you're asking, can this person really be uh, 
make it in this pre-AP or GT mm-hmm. class. Mm-hmm. Second one is attitude. What's their attitude like? Well, if we're all of different races and colors, if you don't like my attitude, it might be something wrong with me, but mm-hmm. it's also my culture or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, for whatever reasons. And I like to see the, my, the little details like that that just can help us systemically and make a big impact at the end. Yeah. Um, so those are the things that I like to do. I like to make sure that we have, uh, we had as many people in, or many students at Vanston taking Algebra 1 and English 1 mm-hmm. going to high school. You know, mm-hmm. and we had as you know we had as many kids as one of the biggest middle schools out there, and we were the smallest one. Yeah, and it's because we're trying to take those barriers okay. out of the way. Yeah, and that's one thing I'll explain to folks listening that I think the algebra one is is an advantage. It's a high school level course uh, offered at middle school. school, and so to get students in that course early is to get them ahead. Uh, and so that's that's definitely something that will allow the student to make their own better choices when they get to high school if they already got Algebra 1 out of the right. way. So, yeah, that's uh, definitely a good Another thing. Another thing is advancing. We do the regional day school for the deaf, um, and um, that's my minor in college. I minored in deaf education. My sign is terrible. I mean, uh, if you don't practice it, you, you kind of lose it. Mm-hmm. But I really got to make that connection with our kids and and when I went to talk to my deaf ed kids, I would sign to them. I'd say, hey, how are you? And they'd look at me like, this guy, who's this guy? Who's mm-hmm. your principal? And that connection that we made, it was just like, that principal's here just for me. Mm-hmm. Because I'm one of the first people that I can actually say, hey, I want to talk to you. And I can tell the parent, hey, I speak to him every day. And yeah. sometimes the parent didn't know sign language. So I could bridge that gap. We had a, an athlete that went to North Mesquite that was, you know, parents didn't want her to be in athletics. And we're like, well, let's. Let's figure this out. We can figure mm-hmm. this out, and they can be successful. Mm-hmm. It was just get educated and come home. But she was a phenomenal athlete. So just little things like that that really, I mean, finding finding those little things that can make a real big impact is yeah. it's probably the thing I, I uh, pride myself the most, finding that great one teacher that I can see, hey, I recruited you, and you're, mm-hmm. a, you know, you're a first-class teacher. That's awesome. Now, there's a lot of people in that way. We have a lot of people, you know, in – professional development. We have a lot of uh, great mentor teachers. So they're going to be great teachers regardless. But I like to say I made that initial contact to say, hey, we want you here in Mesquite. Yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's an affirming thing. You know, when yes. I think about the, the deaf ed student, that's an affirming thing that says they belong, which I think for our kids, it's important for every single one of them, you know, mm-hmm. that, that they have something like that. So that's, that's And to awesome. be called my principal. Yeah. And, you know, that, you know, being the first Latino principal, that wasn't that didn't come without his bumps and bruises. You know, I right. I worked with a, a, a gentleman, great Christian man, his, uh, Dennis Grover, 6'5", mm-hmm. 6'6". Six, six. He he's my assistant principal. Mm-hmm. I had a Latino parent walk in, and she goes straight to him. She goes, hey, I need to talk to the principal. And I was not too far away, and Dennis goes, well, you can talk to him. He's over there. Mm-hmm. And she looked over there, and Dennis just got, he just started laughing. She goes, no, I want to talk to the principal principal like that. Mm-hmm. And he was like, why would they say that? He goes, they don't think that I was the principal. Mm-hmm. You're, you have that presence. You're right there in front. Mm-hmm. You look like that person. And he was like, I don't know. And he was just like, just, yeah. it's okay. It's okay that people think you're, you're an administrator. And that's fine. Yeah. Uh, but they didn't really believe that I was the principal principal. Yeah. I think Gerald, Gerald has mentioned something like that too <laughs> at Mesquite High before. On a, well, we on talk a, a lot about that we in did. these podcasts, right? We about do. the kids, the students, and seeing somebody in your position and saying, yeah. You know, oh, I can do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's very true. 
It must also on the and I'm curious about this one on the recruiting trail. Um, you know, and I know I know the numbers aren't 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 huge right now when you mm-hmm. guys go to college campuses, but that also must play a play a role when you're recruiting uh, on on a, or does it? I guess is the question. I think every I think everything plays into it, but I think yeah. for Mesquite, talking about it, there are people in colleges. We have great teachers that have come from specific colleges that still have friends that they're and they call us and they want to come to Mesquite ISD. Mm-hmm. So. I think them talking to us yeah. and our teachers talking great about our district. I think yeah. that's something that we miss in education to you know as a whole. Yeah. We don't talk real good about education. We don't yeah. build it up. We don't, you know, eventually we don't talk about the money and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um but I think more than more than, you know, relating to the college kids is they already know those colleges kids are doing their research. They're coming in. They know what kind of district. They know the vicinity. Yeah. And that's why we have great community uh, uh, programs that are, you know, they hear about Read, Play, Talk. They hear about all the great things that we're doing in their community. Yeah. Um, and they research that. And they'll say, hey, what a, tell me about this program. Mm-hmm. And we can talk to them. We can talk to them about the master's program. Or we can talk about ETIP. And we can talk about all those things because they've already heard about them. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's, it's a really good thing that we can say, hey, yeah. you can come here and we're, we're going to take care of you. You said you were an ESL teacher at Tysinger? I was a bilingual teacher. At bilingual teacher. I'm sorry. <laughs> What's the difference? I'm, I'm kind of an outsider. ESL is English as a second language. Right. So you're just taking kids that, you know, may know a little bit of language and help. Bilingual is completely instruction in both Spanish and English. Okay. So you can, you can have a day where you're teaching all Spanish. This is going to be an ignorant question. <laughs> why do you do that? If they're bilingual, why wouldn't you do it in just English? Because you're going to teach content in both areas. You're going to teach that content and they can understand it and they can relate to it in both languages. Then when they do finally test, they can relate. You're teaching them how to read. You're teaching them how to, you know, do phonetics. You're, you're teaching a lot of different uh, things in bilingual. Now, again, I was only a bilingual teacher for one year. Mm-hmm. So I probably learned more than those students because it's, mm-hmm. it's really difficult and it's really yeah. uh, time consuming. And you have to have a real special skill to be a bilingual. Yeah. A teacher to teach kids to get them ready for uh, whatever test is coming their way. And that test is going to be in English. We mm-hmm. all know that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you yeah. know. And the level of support. I think the level of support now for a bilingual teacher is probably more than probably because you were doing that what, what years Yeah. See, and I think when we had Kay Velarde on, she talked about that transition of bilingual services and how it's transformed over time uh, where I think, yeah, when you came in, it was probably a lot of kind of like, you know, here's the book, learn on the fly. Here's a book teaching Spanish. You know, know, I did a lot of translating myself and, you know, uh, but now I think the resources are there. I think uh, we've evolved in in bilingual. I was a Spanish teacher, you know, and uh, that was, that was my major in college. So I I taught Spanish literature and Spanish three at high Mm -hmm. school. Mm -hmm. Um, So my job was always to to teach you how to speak Spanish. Mm-hmm. And the best way I did that was if I dropped you off in the middle of Mexico, would you know how to say certain things? And you have to learn from your wants and your needs. Mm-hmm. I need food. I need a restroom. So yeah. then let's talk about your wants and needs, and you'll learn it very quickly hmm. if, if, you, if you go that route. Kind of an, uh, an immersion. Conjugation comes later. You know, the <laughs> conjugation of verbs comes later, and, you know, I get that. But if okay. you're really going to learn and, and want to learn this language, you learn about your needs first, and mm. and you'll you'll learn how to say I need to go to the restroom, or I need to go to the office, <laughs> or can I call my mom? You know, 
you know, all those things real quick. Still remember a little bit of that. I won't, I won't even do it on the podcast. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing, and I'm not doing it either. No, no. <laughs> you know, our last guest, Regina Jackson from AC New, the principal over there, was telling us that, what did she say? When she started in the district, it was about 11% Hispanic, 70% mm-hmm. white, and now it's flipped where it's about 70% Hispanic and 11% mm-hmm. white. Do those numbers affect how we try to hire people in this district? I think we have goals. We we always talk about our goals in, in HR, but um, I think you have to look at, you know, can your, can your people relate? We want to hire the best people. Mm-hmm. We want to hire great teachers. We want to have people who love children. Um, you can train skill. You can train, you know, I don't know this content very well, but if you got to look at the heart of a person. And that's where we look at people first. And we look at that that element first. It doesn't matter who you are. If you really love, have a love for kids, then you can tell. Uh, the second thing is you do want to be reflective of it doesn't have to be everybody. It doesn't have to be, you know, equal 100%, 100%. But it does have to be looked at. And your systems, again, that I talk about, have to be aligned with your hiring processes, um, how you're doing, you know, how you're meeting your goals. Those always have to be in in, in the discussion um, because they do, our, our children do need people of color to ref, to relate to, mm-hmm. to look at. I love when my kid said, that's my principle. Mm-hmm. That's my principle. That principle's there for me and he's yeah. mine. Yeah. And every kid should have that opportunity to see that at least once in their 12 years of education. If you were talking, you know, directly to either a young educator um, or somebody who might be thinking about getting into education. I know those are two different groups, but, you know, what would you say to them if they were a young educator now needing to be motivated um, or if it's a person who isn't in education, why should they choose that or why should they continue? I can't see myself doing any other job than the job that I've done as an educator. And it's the most fulfilling. Mm -hmm. It may not be, you know, for some people the, highest paying career they're ever going to have or, you know, the best hours that you're going to have because, you know, teachers are constantly working, but it definitely will is the most fulfilling. And if we can touch, we can, you know, pinpoint that for kids and say, you really want to make a difference. Everybody knows their favorite teacher. Nobody can remember the Super Bowl MVP from three years ago. Everybody remembers their favorite teacher. Mm -hmm. And if you can remember that favorite teacher and, and really hone in on that person that you're trying to motivate and and recruit, mm-hmm. they'll come. They'll come because they know that impact. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows that impact. Everybody's had that impact. Mm-hmm. And and you'll forget a lot of people that you meet in your life, but you, you won't forget, forget your great teacher. <laughs> fifth grade teacher, Miss Watson. Yeah. I won't forget Miss Middleton ever <laughs> yep. again. Yep. So Mr. that's Bruns, senior year grammar class. There right. It is. There and, it is. Yep. and that's how you motivate and that's how you yeah. you, you make it personal to them. Well, thank you. Appreciate the conversation. No, thank you very much for inviting me. That's Emilio Durand, the Director of Personnel Services for Mesquite ISD. Next week, our guest will be Nia Threet, a 2020 graduate from Poteet who has been a contributor to the leadership and empowerment team. Thanks for listening. For Daniel Norwood, I'm Ted Madden. Let's talk again next week.